Good morning, everyone. There it is. I'm, it's so great to see you all in worship this morning. Uh, and for those that are worshiping online, let us know where you're worshiping from and let us know that you are with us. Uh, we're so glad you're joining us. I don't know if everybody here has noticed, but Christmas has come here to the church. We have um, bags from our mission team that are going to the teachers at Striplin with tons of school supplies. We have our Christmas stockings um, that are going to Salvation Army. And then we even have, just to show you, a couple of our shoe boxes. There's 50 more of these in the arts and crafts room um, that are going to South America. So we have so many cool things uh, going on. We're going to bless these later in the service. Uh, tonight we have a youth event from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. And I'm only going to say it's going to be mass chaos, a big back-to-school mass chaos. Um, uh, next Sunday in the service, uh, both services, we will be blessing backpacks for kids, praying for teachers, praying for our own early learning center staff here at the church. So that's going to be a great Sunday. Wednesday, August the 18th, we will be outside in the portico, and we're having an ice cream social, Jay. It's your favorite. Jay is ready for the ice cream social. It's going to be amazing. I even hear at the ice cream social, if you sign up and come early, we're going to have Chick-fil-A sandwiches before the ice cream social. <laughs> you can beat me too. It's going to be great. Um, I don't know if you know this, but you can use our church app and website for tons of stuff. Our very own Sheila Freeman has given us a top 10 list. I'm just going to give you number 10. You can go on the church app and website and you can uh, learn more about the staff and meet the staff. There's people you don't even know that are on the staff. It's great. So that's one of the things you can do. But check out the app and the website to keep up to date with what's going on at the church. Um, and then in some sad but yet exciting news, our very own Haddon Jarecki, who has been uh, working in the nursery for many, many years. This is her last Sunday with us because she's going to be going off to college. So you may want to go by and say hi to Haddon uh, after the service. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we thank you so much that we can come together and worship this morning. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll just extend that welcome further and say we're so glad you're here. If you would, uh, stand and sing with us. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. God, I serve us only how to triumph. Oh, my God will never fail. Oh, yeah, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory for the Shine. 
fresh face up here. I would like to introduce Miss Caitlin to you. She's coming in from our traditional service usually and has agreed to come on and sing with us. So I'd like to give her a warm welcome as well. Still you give yourself away 
after me. Good morning. Y'all may sit down, and our children are about to go to Children's Church now. I'm glad that you're worshiping with us. I want you to know about the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Wasn't that great? I love that song, and Kaylin did a wonderful job. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to remind you um, that, uh, as Pastor Andy said before, there's so many things you could do on our church app. Uh, we have we have some little church newsletter um, things. Not our not our whole bulletin, but our whole. Uh, but we have I don't know what to call them. What do I call them, Sheila? Calendar sheets. Yes, we have church calendar sheets. On that church calendar sheet, you'll even find a QR code that you can scan in and go to. Uh, our church website and anyway there's so many things you could take advantage of one of the things you can take advantage of is you can give online um, we have we all, always have our plates here that you can drop in if you're here in person but continue to support uh, even when you're worshiping with us online one of the things that your contributions help us to do is to carry out these wonderful mission projects that we do we have a different theme every single month and uh, these are some of the things we're doing this summer. We had Christmas in July. Pastor Andy, will you come up here? This is, this is the most um, festive, bright, joyful, mission-minded um, worship space in all of Gadsden, Alabama. I want to say that. I think, I think that it is. Uh, these bags are going to Stripland Elementary School. They are going to the teachers. They are filled with all the kinds of things that teachers love to get. Uh, I mean, there's dry erase markers in there, there's staples, there's hand sanitizer, there's Kleenexes, there's uh, highlighters. It's just, it's just like uh, a very, very happy bag. And they're all going, and our missions team put those together. These are stockings that are going to the Salvation Army. They're gonna be given to kids at Christmas time. These, 
are Christmas shoeboxes, and these are being shipped from our uh, churches around our annual conference. They're going to South America. So this Christmas, some kid in South America is going to know that somebody in North Alabama loves them. And here, our kids put those together, and our mission team is helping send them. So thank you for all your efforts. And I want you in here, and I want you at home to join us in praying for everybody that's going to get one of these bags or stockings or boxes, that they will know the overwhelming love of God. Will you join, join us as we pray together? Gracious and loving God, I want to thank you, first of all, for loving us and for doing everything so that you could be with us and for showing us time and time again how much you love us. Thank you for the loving hands that put together these stockings and teacher bags and shoe boxes. Thank you for the people that were willing to go and listen to your call and, and do something, Lord, for the kingdom of God. And God, I pray your blessings even now on the people who will be receiving these uh, stockings and bags and boxes. Will this be a tangible reminder, Lord? May it be a tangible reminder that someone loves them, that they are loved by you, Lord, but they're also loved by this church and this community. God, bless those who are blessing others and help us all, Lord, to do what we can do. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.
Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. Oh, washed in the blood of your sacrifice. I'm glad that we have um, all of this stuff up here today to remind us. One of the reminders is, it's back to school time. Pastor Andy was making announcements about all of the things we're doing. The, the kids are having, I don't even know what they're doing this afternoon. I, I, I probably just don't want to know, okay? It's, it's, uh, but I know it's going to be fun because it's always a party when Pastor Andy's in charge, right? Um, and then we're having the back-to-school backpacks next Sunday that we're blessing and we're praying for our teachers. It's back-to-school time, and that's our sermon series this month. Uh, the month um, of August, we're doing back-to-school. So I want to ask you to turn to Luke 14. We're going to read together verses 25 through 33. Words are going to be up on the screen for you. And now hear the word of the Lord. Now large crowds were traveling with him and he turned and said to them whoever comes to me and does not hate father mother wife and children brothers and sisters yes even life itself cannot be my disciple whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple for which of you intending to build a tower does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider where he is able with 10,000 to oppose one who comes against him with 20,000? If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So, therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Last week we talked about how to act in the lunchroom. Uh, today we're talking about pop quiz. I don't know about you, but I just break out in a cold sweat thinking about pop quizzes. I hated them. I hated, I got, well, okay, when I was teaching school, I did take a little bit of delight in seeing the fear in my students' eyes when I said we're having a pop quiz. But now as a student, oh my goodness, pop quiz, if you look it up in the definition, uh, for the definition in a dictionary, you'll see this. A short test given to a class by a teacher without prior warning or announcement. That's the key, without prior warning. So I can imagine Jesus turning around to this large crowd that had started following him and giving them a pop quiz. I can imagine him turning around and saying, okay, okay, everybody, listen up. We're having a pop quiz. There's only two questions. And the first question is this, how many of you would like to be my followers? And everyone raises their hand, right? And then the second question, are you willing to pay the cost to be my followers? Crickets, right? And then someone raises a hand and says, hey, Jesus, just what does it cost to be your follower? What does it cost? That's a really, really good question. Richard Stearns was a man who was living the American dream. Richard was the CEO of the Linux China Company. You know the Linux China? The, I bet some of y'all even have this. Fine China Company. Okay. Richard had a huge salary, a big fat salary. He had 4,000 workers working for him. He had a beautiful corner office. He had all of the perks and everything that you can imagine with being a CEO of a company like that. He had worked hard to get there. I'm not saying it was handed to him. He'd worked for 25 years to be able to get to the position that he was in, but he had made it. He had made it to the top. And he and his wife and his children were living in their dream home. And I mean, life was good for Richard. And Richard was a Christian. He was um, someone who came to faith in Christ later on in life. He, he came to faith in Christ in the graduate school, but he was a faithful Christian. He took his family to church every single Sunday. Richard was involved in a, in a weekly Bible study on Wednesdays. He was, on the, he was even on the board of directors of a Christian school. And on his CEO's desk, his big plush, posh CEO's desk, he kept a great big Bible sitting right on the desk just as a reminder to himself to pick that thing up and read it and just as a reminder to his employees um, that he was a follower of Jesus. To, to put it in his words, he, he wrote a book uh, called The Hole in the Gospel. And to put it in his words, he said, I had my ticket punched to heaven and now I was enjoying the good life. And then in 1998, Richard got a phone call. And the phone call was from an executive recruiter for the largest Christian relief organization in the world at that time called World Vision. Any of y'all ever heard of World Vision? Our family supports a, a child through World Vision. So sometimes a phone call is just a phone call. 
But sometimes a phone call from a person is really a phone call from God, a, a call from God. Sometimes a phone call turns out to be a pop quiz. Here's what Richard writes about that day. He said, Jesus was inviting me to follow him because he had been invited to be the president and leader of World Vision. Jesus was inviting me once again to follow him, once again to be his disciple. He's given me an opportunity to partner with him in changing the world by proclaiming the good news of the poor that the kingdom of God has come near. There was only one problem. I didn't want the job. I was enjoying my current job too much. I didn't want to drop what I was doing. I didn't want to quit my job and cut my pay and sell my house and move my family and go to the front lines of this battle. I didn't want to do it. Jesus seemed to be asking me for the most valuable thing I possessed. So, pop quiz. What does it cost to be a follower of Jesus? The passage that I read in Luke 14 today, um, there are three places in that passage, that little short passage, three places where Jesus says these words, if you don't do this, you can't be my disciple. If you don't do this, you can't be my disciple. These three things fall into the category of things that, I will be honest with you, things that I sort of wish Jesus hadn't said. I'm just being honest. You'll find those things in the Bible. Here's what I'm talking about. Verse 26, Jesus says, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even life itself, cannot be my disciple. I'm like, whoa, hang on a second, Jesus. I've got to hate my parents. I've got to hate my wife and children, my siblings, even my own life. What? is going on here well what is going on here is well we don't use the word hate the same way a first century Jew used the word hate when we talk about hate we talk about animosity and we talk about about our negative feelings towards something or somebody an intense dislike for something or somebody in the first century when Jews said to hate they meant to turn away from uh, they meant to detach yourself from. I'll give you an example of, of how this worked out. In Genesis 29, you know the story of Jacob, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Jacob fell in love with Rachel, worked seven years so that he could marry Rachel, just the love of his life. And then on his wedding night, his father-in-law pulled a fast one and, and kind of snuck the older daughter, Leah, into the tent and uh, now he had to work another seven years, okay? So that's, that's a, a great story. You need to read it all. But in verse 31 of Genesis 29, it says that Leah was hated by Jacob. Now, Leah was not hated in the way we would normally use the word. I mean, it, it's not like... He intensely disliked Leah. He had seven children with the woman, so there was obviously something about her that he liked. But compared to Rachel, 
she was always going to come second place, you see. Compared to Rachel, she was always going to come in second. So what Jesus is saying here about families is not that we shouldn't love our families and not that we shouldn't love our lives. Let me let you ponder this for a second. Did Jesus love his mother? This is, this is a woman that, that um, asked Jesus to, turn, uh, to do something about wine at the, this wedding. And Jesus said, it's not my time yet. And, but because his mama asked him to, he turned the water into wine and did his first miracle really before he was ready to do it. Because his mama asked him to. He loved his mama. Did Jesus love his mother? He Hanging from the cross, one of the last words that he said before he died was that he looked down at John and said, Take care of my mother. Take care of my mom. Yes, he loved her. Yes, he loved her. But he was going to do the will and follow the call of his father. Did uh, Jesus love his life? Well, yes, and we're going to talk about more about that in just a second. But back to Richard Stearns for a second. When he decided to say yes to Jesus' call, uh, he called his mom because he loved his mom. Do you know what Richard's mom said when he told him that he was going to take this job with World Vision? She said, son, have you lost your mind? <laughs> She said, you've got it made. Why on earth would you want to do something? Why would you want to give all of that up to go and work for a charity? So what does it cost to follow Jesus? In verse 27, Jesus said, Whoever does not carry the cross must follow me uh, and follow me cannot be my disciple. So now the question, did Jesus love his life? Yeah. He loved his life. As a matter of fact, he prayed, Father, if this cup could pass from me, let it pass from me, but not my will, but thine be done. The cross. The cross is something that we have all over this beautiful sanctuary. It's a symbol that we love. It's a symbol that is everywhere for Christians, maybe to the point that it's lost its impact. When we say things just kind of casually like, well, that's just my cross to bear. We might hear somebody say that about a chronic illness. It's like, oh, I've got this old arthritis, but that's just my cross to bear. Or somebody might say that about another family member. They, they might say, oh, bless her heart. You know, her husband's just bad, lazy, but I guess that's just her cross to bear. But that's not what it means to carry your cross. That's not what Jesus was talking about. You see, the cross wasn't just theoretical for them. The Roman Empire would crucify people, and anybody considered a threat to Rome, they would crucify them, and they would put them on a cross, and they would line the roads with crosses on both sides. And once they crucified somebody, they put a sign over them telling what that person had done to, to be an offense to the Roman Empire. They would crucify them up on those crosses, line the roads with them, and then they would just leave the body there. Leave the body there. And it was a constant reminder to all of the senses 
This is what happens to you when you mess with the Roman Empire. It wasn't theoretical. It wasn't even theological, really. Bearing the cross meant that you might have to make a deliberate sacrifice. You were exposing yourself to, to risk and to ridicule and even death to follow Jesus. It was literally leaving behind your life, dying to that life. What does it cost? Pop quiz. What does it cost to follow Jesus? And then in verse 33, Jesus said, None of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all your possessions. Next time somebody gets in an argument with you about how everything in the Bible they take literally, ask them about verse 33. Again, sort of wish Jesus hadn't said that. But he did. When he says give up, it means to leave behind. Think about Peter and Andrew and James and John who were fishermen, right? And Jesus came by and said, come follow me. And they got up and they left behind their nets and their boats. And they started following Jesus. Think about Matthew who was a tax collector. And he's in his tax collector's booth with, I guess, bags of money around. But I don't know. And Jesus came to Matthew and said, Hey, Matthew, come and follow me. And he got up and he left behind his tax collector booth. So maybe what God calls us to do is not anything nearly that radical, but still, would you be willing to leave something behind in return for following Jesus? Would you be willing to let go of something, anything? When I was in seminary, I took a, a class called World Religions. And I enjoyed the class because I'm a curious person. I like learning about things. Um, but one of the assignments we had in that class, which I didn't know about when I took the class, but one of our assignments was we had to attend the worship service of another religion. Now, when I say another religion, I don't mean okay, I'm Methodist and I'm going to a Baptist church. I mean, a whole nother religion, right? So we had to attend, attend the service and then we had to write up a paper about our experience in this service and, and everything and, and connect it to this book that we were reading. And this was in Atlanta. And I'm going to tell you what, you can find just about anything in Atlanta. I'm just going to leave it there. But in terms of like different religions, you can find just about anything that you want to look for in there. So we had lots of options. And I chose, I, I mean, I could have gone to the Jewish temple. I could have done it. But no, I chose to go to the Hare Krishna service. And I chose it because, well, it was different. Not everybody was doing that one. And because, honestly, because it fit in with my schedule. It was on Thursday night, and I had a late class that day anyway. And so, there I went. And sometime when we have more time to talk, I'll tell you about the experience. It was, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. But just for this morning, I just want to focus on some of the people that I met that night. By the way, they all welcomed me. They were all extremely warm and welcoming to me. I had already called in advance and told them, I'm coming, and, and here's, I'm taking this class. I want to write a paper. 
just so they didn't think I was a recruit or something, you know. But the people that I met that night call themselves devotees. And I asked them about that. I said, well, what do you have to do to be a devotee? And I found out that anybody who wanted to could come to their temple and worship with them. But to be a devotee, to be a devotee meant that you had to sell everything that you had, leave your family behind, and come and live there at that compound, commune, whatever it was. You had to shave your head. You had to wear a robe, and you had to sell flowers all day to raise money for the temple, to support the temple. You dedicated your entire life to practicing the teachings of Krishna. That was a devotee. So, now I was getting all this information so I could write a paper for my class, right? Uh, I needed to take the class. I needed to get the grade. I needed to, you know, move on. And I think I got an A on the paper. Yay me. But I couldn't stop thinking about their devotion, (laughs) about what it costs them to be devoted compared to the very small, in contrast, price that most Christians think we're willing to pay to be a follower of Jesus You see, the difference was striking. You remember the old game show, Let's Make a Deal, Monty Hall? Any of y'all? Some of of y'all are old enough to remember. You know, people would dress up in funny outfits, and they would be out there, and they would hope that they would get called down, and they would be all excited, and, and then the contestants would be there. If you were one of the lucky ones, maybe you would win something. Let's say you win... Uh, $1,000, and Monty Hall would call you up there and say, let's make a deal, and, and then you would have, like, curtain number one, curtain number two, and curtain number three, and he would say, you want to you wanna keep your money, or do you want to trade it for what's behind curtain number one? And the crowd would be yelling, no, take the curtain, I'll keep the money, and, and all of this kind of stuff is real exciting. Let's make a deal. But just suppose somebody said, hey, you know what, Monty? I want to keep my cash and I want what's behind curtain number one. Monty Hall would say, oh, doesn't work like that. You just, you can't have both of them. And then suppose, I know that sounds silly, but just think about it. What if they said, okay, let's negotiate, Monty. Let me keep half of my cash and then still get behind what's, curtain, what's behind curtain number one. Nope, nope, doesn't work like that. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but we do that with Jesus all the time, don't we? We really want to follow you, Jesus, but let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Now, all of the things Jesus mentioned in verse 33, all the possess, all of the stuff, your possessions, family, your wife, your sons and daughters, all that is good. It's not bad. 
it just kind of becomes bad when we put any of them above serving God. We may never be called to leave behind any of that. But we will be called to do something. We will be called to do something. It's kind of imagined uh, a matter of control, really. It's a matter of surrender, essentially. Because no other allegiance can come before our allegiance to Christ. No other priority can come before following Christ. No other devotion can come before our devotion to him if we want to be his follower. When I was growing up, we used to sing out of the old Cokesbury hymnals, these old brown hymnals. I don't know. Did y'all ever do that? We, this was my favorite one. There's a song in the Cokesbury hymn that's not in the hymnal that we have here at church. Um, but the words go like this. It may not be on a mountain height or over the stormy sea. It may not be at the battle's front. My Lord will have need of me. But if by a still small voice he calls to paths I do not know, I'll answer, dear Lord, with my hand in thine. I'll go where you want me to go. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be prepared in those moments in time when we get that pop quiz. Those moments in time when we have to choose either following you and doing what you want us to do or following our own will and our own way. Lord, help us to be willing to surrender daily to your call, whatever it is. Knowing that you gave everything for us. Knowing how much you love us. Help us not to let anything stand in the way of being your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me be singing when the evening 
now let's carry this thought with us when God's spirit speaks to us with that little holy nudge may our answer be yes Lord yes I'm in